Hi. Wait. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi. We're keeping it. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I wanted to be first for once. Uh, it's you, my birth month. I say hi first. Shirley is deceased. <laughs> uh, hello, this is Unholy Gossip Girls. I'm Casey. I'm Faye. I'm Guess Shirley. And this is Unholy Gossip. Oh. <laughs> Friday the 13th. <gasps> is it? It is. Oh my god. Happy Friday, fearsome Fridays. And it's Friday the 13th. Yeah. Gonna get haunted. We're gonna get spooked. We're gonna get murdered. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Jesus. Empty way. Well, how are you? I'm good. I'm a little bit drunk. Me too. <laughs> how are you, Shirley? <laughs> <laughs> me too. She's good. She did a me too. We're celebrating Casey's birthday, kind of. We yep. ate cotton candy and drank a lot. Hey, whenever you're turning 29, that's all the birthday you need. That's true. To get drunk and eat food. Like cotton candy. Cotton candy and Chipotle. <clears throat> yeah. That's, it's legit. It's legit people food. It's human food. Because I'm a people. Me too. Me three. I claim to be a people. That's As far right. as you guys know. Wink. <laughs> you guys want to hear a story? <laughs> Wait, um, what are you drinking? I'm drinking water right now. What were you drinking? I was drinking vodka and pineapple juice. Ooh, what kind of vodka? It was a special kind. It was like Colorado yeah. brand Breckenridge. Breckenridge. There we go. Breckenridge flavored vodka. <laughs> and the thing is, it, I mean, all vodka tastes the same unless it's really bad and then it tastes really bad. Yeah, like and it doesn't really smell cheap. like anything. It's amazing. Whoa. This one in particular? Yeah. Oh, legit. That's cool. cool. What are you drinking, Shirley? Water, but I was drinking whiskey. Well, I was taking whiskey shots. Fireball. Well, I'm drinking Caprica White Sangria. <laughs> Betches. Betch. Jeez Louise. I think we should play Mall Madness later. <gasps> okay. Yes. I love that game. Anyway. But I also have two new board games. Do you have any hot goss? And we have to paint our nails. I don't want to play Mall Madness. Okay. Um, I have some hot goss. Yeah. The last two weeks of work have been absolutely the worst. Why is that? Because it's been a lot. I've driven, like, maybe a thousand miles in the last two weeks. Wow. Um, and, uh, it's been a lot. And also, what I think has been a lot is that I don't feel like anything I'm doing has been genuinely helpful in any way. Really? Yes. It sucks. And so, like, normally with my job, I'm okay with the drive because I enjoy my job. I enjoy my position. I think I make a difference. But the last two weeks has not been that way. It's been just a lot of fucking nothing. That sucks. Yeah. That's my hot goss. I have some hot goss. What's your hot goss? So, I had an interview at a preschool. Aww. So, I might be an assistant preschool teacher if my references 
are kind. <laughs> you don't have to look at me. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure. If my sure references say good things about me. I will. I'll say that you only killed one of my imaginary children. Let them know that there were five, and so one out of five is not bad. <laughs> I'll say that uh, I definitely have some imaginary kids that you did that you did take very good care of. Thank you. Petri. Yep. Microscopes. Excuse me? Those are your kids' names. Oh. <laughs> Microscopes? Petri? Microscopes. Like Petri dish? Mm -hmm. Or and like the... Petri the pterodactyl. Aww. From the land before time. Yes. Uh... I saw the funniest image. Do you want me to describe it to you? <laughs> yes, I do. It, it was a picture entitled... Wait, I have to find it because I can't remember it because I'm a little bit drunk. <laughs> really funny okay it's yes. titled it's titled the line before time okay and it is two it's an image of two dinosaurs one of them is wearing a bow tie remember it's called the land i'll show you after let me describe it it's called the land before time dinosaur a says to dinosaur b dinosaur b is the one wearing the bow tie okay he says did it take a long time to get that bow tie on and dinosaur b says did it take a long what because it's the land before time. Oh. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> Did it take a long... What? Okay. 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 I love that picture. You have to send that to me so I could post it on our Instagram. Okay. It's ridiculous. Okay. All right. <sighs> okay. Are we ready? I'm ready. <laughs> I'm <Okay>. ready. <laughs> What's our story this week? This story is about the solder children. <laughs> Shirley, come on, join the rest of the class. This <laughs> is all that funny. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. The solder children. Yeah. There's nothing funny about them. Oh. <laughs> okay. On Christmas Eve, 1945, okay. a fire destroyed the home of the solder family in Lafayette, West Virginia. Damn. The home was occupied by George Solder, his wife Jenny, and nine of their ten children. George. What? Wait. Where was the tenth? He was at the war. Oh. Aww. Ten children is a fucking lot. That's a lot. George, Jenny, and four of the children were able to escape. The bodies of the other five children were never found. Alright, this section is called Before the Incident. Okay. George was an Italian immigrant who came to the United States at the age of 13, eventually settling in Fayetteville with his wife. A city with a large population of Italian immigrants. Oh. George had very strong opinions about Italian dictator Mussolini, which sometimes alienated people. At one point, a, a visiting insurance salesman warned George that his house would go up in smoke and your children are going to be destroyed. So this person is like a prophet. 
But he's an insurance salesman. Attributing this to the dirty remarks you have been making about Mussolini. Oh. Another visitor to the house seeking work went to the back of the house and warned George that the fuse boxes would cause a fire someday. George was puzzled by the observation since the house had recently been rewired and a local electric company had said it was safe. Hmm. So what's that guy's deal? In the weeks before Christmas, the older sons had noticed a strange car parked along the main highway. The occupants were watching the younger solder children as they returned from school. At 12.30 a.m. the morning of the fire, Jenny woke up to the phone ringing and went downstairs to answer it. The caller was a woman who asked, wait, she's upstairs. How'd she hear the phone ringing? From upstairs? Yeah. I mean, phones are very loud. Well, like back in the day, I feel like they were like super loud. They're not like cell phones. No. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Um, The caller was a woman who asked for a name that Jenny didn't recognize. She heard the sound of laughter and glasses clinking in the background. Jenny told the woman that she had the wrong number, but noted the woman's weird laugh. Mm, That is fucking rude. That is pretty rude. (laughs) That's so rude. What? Just like, what a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) On her way back to bed, she saw her daughter Marion had fallen asleep on the couch. She noticed that the lights were still on and the curtains were not drawn, things that the children would do before bed. If they stayed up past the parents. So she closed the curtains and turned the lives off before returning to bed. The section's titled The Fire. At 1 a.m. Oh, am I boring you? No, I didn't yawn. You sighed. I'm just not looking forward to hearing about the fire. <laughs> Jesus. At 1 a.m. Sure spit out her drink. At 1 a.m. <laughs> Jenny was awakened by the sound of an object hitting the house's roof, followed by a rolling sound. She went back to sleep. I wouldn't. I mean, but would what, you... What can you do on the roof? Like Look out your window? To the roof? You'd have it's to... Just, it, well, it rolled. If it hits the roof and then rolls, probably on the ground. Unless it hits your gutters. Were gutters a thing then? Who knows? It was the war times. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) After another half hour, she woke up again, smelling smoke. She found that George's office was on fire, around the phone line and fuse box. She woke him up, and he woke up the two oldest sons. Both parents and four children, Marion, Sylvia, John, and George Jr., were able to escape the house. They yelled for the children upstairs in the attic where they slept, but heard no response. The stairway was on fire, so they couldn't go up themselves. I don't care. I would get caught on fire. Right? I would not leave my children in there to die. One of the sons... That's why you have ten of them. Yeah. So you can lose one. Some of them can die. One of the kids, John, initially told police (laughs) that he went up to the attic to wake the children, but later changed his story to say that he called up but didn't see them. Their efforts to help find the children... Oh, wait. Their efforts to find help were Uh complicated. Okay. The phone at the house didn't work, so Marion ran to a neighbor's house to call the fire department. A driver on the road saw the flames and tried to call as well. Both were unsuccessful as they couldn't reach the operator. So, 
back in the day, there wasn't like the 911 that we know. You just say, operator, I'm having an emergency. Yeah. So to even call people, you have to be like, operator, will you call John Doe? We yeah. call Jeff, my friend Jeff. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Yeah. So that sucks yeah. to have an emergency. They said it was more likely that you could literally run down the street and go flag down a police officer or fireman before you could get a hold of them. Seems likely. But at 1 a.m., where would you find them? By running to the fire station. But we'll get there. They're not at the fire station. Oh, shit. (laughs) George intended to use a ladder, but it was missing from its usual spot and couldn't be found anywhere. A water barrel that could have been used to extinguish the flames was frozen solid. George also tried to move both of his trucks to use them to climb to the attic, but neither would work, despite working perfectly the day before. Uh. So the six solders who had escaped had to watch the house burn down for the next 45 minutes, assuming the other children died in the fire. Damn. So imagine just watching your house burn down and be like, my kids are in there. Yeah, but at what point are you like, they're probably already dead. Right. So it's like, you're not going to go in and save a corpse. Really? When someone was finally able to reach the fire department, they were low on manpower due to the war and relied on individual firefighters calling each other. So they call like one firefighter and he calls his friend and his friend calls his friend and his friend calls his friend. (laughs) Wow. So they're not all together at the fire department. Oh. Which doesn't seem safe. No. They did not show up until later that morning. Damn. The firefighters could only look through the ashes that were left. By 10 a.m., the Sodders were told that they were not able to find any bones, suggesting that the five children had died in a fire hot enough to burn their bodies completely. Yeah. This section is titled The Aftermath. Because it's like... You have to have a fire really fucking hot. Yeah, like crematory hot. Yeah, to burn a body to bones. Yeah. Like, most of the time if a body is caught in, like, a house fire or whatever, you would see the body. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be all burnt up and stuff, but it would still be a body. This fire would have had to have been hot enough to burn their bones to ash because they didn't even find bones. Which is just impossible for a house fire. Yeah. The aftermath. The fire chief told George to leave the site undisturbed so that the fire marshal could conduct a more thorough investigation. After four days, George and Jenny could not stand the site anymore and bulldozed five feet of dirt over the site with the intention of making it a memorial garden for the lost children. Wait, after how many days? Five? Four. Four? (laughs) That is not enough time. To me, that's a little suspicious, don't you think? That is very suspicious. Kind of like how... I don't know if I should say it. Huh. I might get sued. <laughs> oh. The John me. Bonet's family, oh. the Ramsey family, they sold their house to a friend who bricked up the basement where she was found. Oh, jeez. Kind of suspicious. That is suspicious. The local coroner said that the fire was an accident caused by faulty wiring. So there was like a, uh, uh, a jury. I don't know how this works, but there's a jury that like decides that it was an accident. Huh. So that's what happened. Death certificates were issued for the five children on December 30th. George and Jenny were too grief-stricken to attend the funerals. But they're not grief-stricken enough to have freaking dirt bulldozed over their house. See, there's nothing else 
that like makes it suspicious that they would have done anything because they try really hard to find the family. I just thought that one point was like kind of suspicious. It was very suspicious. This section's called After Aftermath. <laughs> that spring, the Sodders planted flowers in the soil over the house. Jenny tended it carefully for the rest of her life. Evidence soon emerged that supported the belief that the fire was started deliberately. The driver of a bus that passed through Fayetteville that Christmas Eve said he saw people throwing balls of fire at the house. It's in quotes. So could it be like, what are those called? A Russian cocktail where it's like a glass bottle? Molotovs? Yes. Could be. Is that Molotov? Molotov cocktail. Molotov cocktail. I only know that because I left for dead. It's a glass bottle with gasoline it's like, in it. Yeah, and then a like little a rag sticking rag, out. And then you light the rag and then you throw it and then it explodes. Okay. When the snow had melted, one daughter found a small, hard, dark green rubber object. <laughs> <laughs> Why are there so many, there so many adjectives? Oh my god. Wait, say the adjectives again? Small, hard, dark green rubber. <laughs> Sounds like a dildo. When the snow had melted, one daughter found a small, hard, dark green rubber like object nearby. <laughs> Absolutely a dildo. George said it looked like a hand grenade or some other incendiary device. But it was rubber. Are hand grenades rubber? Oh. No. <laughs> I didn't think so. Other witnesses claimed to have seen the children themselves. One woman had been watching the fire from the road, which is who wants to go get help. Yeah. And she said that she saw them looking out of a passing car. No. Another oh. woman at a rest stop between Fayetteville and Charleston said that she served them breakfast the next morning. Huh. The Sodders hired a private investigator named C.C. Tinsley to look into the case. Tinsley learned that the man who had previously threatened George about his house burning down had been on the jury that decided that the fire was an accident. That's not cool. Hmm. He also learned of rumors that the fire chief had found a heart, despite telling the Sodders that he did not find any remains. and kept Wait, it a human heart? And kept it in a metal box. This is just a rumor. And kept yeah. it in a metal box, which he secretly buried. Comes up again, though. Okay. The chief had apparently confessed to a local minister who confirmed to George. George and Tinsley confronted Morris, the fire chief, mm -hmm. who agreed to show them where he had buried the box. What, what was in the box was examined by a funeral director who told them it was actually a fresh beef liver that had never been exposed to fire. Wow. Why would he go through? That's like... Here's why. Okay. Later, more rumors circulated that Morris had admitted the liver had not come from the fires, but that he had placed it there in the hope that the Sodders would be satisfied that the children had died in the fire. Why'd he do that, though? Why'd he do that? <laughs> this section is called Continuing Family Investigation. Oh. The Sodders never gave up hope. They printed flyers with pictures of the children, offering a $5,000 reward, which was soon doubled. In 1952, they put up a billboard at the side of the house with the same information. It's actually a pretty cool billboard. I'll find a picture later. 
So if they thought that their children were alive, basically. Yes, they're they're under the impression that their children survived. Hmm. Good. Well, I mean, they definitely weren't in the house. There would be evidence of it. Yeah. Well, they're saying, because it's like olden times. Yeah. So they can't tell you, like, for sure, for sure. So they're just saying, like, I don't know, it must have been hot enough to burn their bones to nothing. I don't know why every picture I look at is so tiny. <laughs> anyway. Yes, I had that problem. <laughs> okay, so this was like a huge billboard on the side of a house. Like, what? Pictures of the children. It's like, are they still alive? Thank you. So the billboards at the side. Wait. Oh, the site of the house, not the side of the house. Yeah, confused. you said yeah. side earlier, and I was like, I'm like Damn. that house doesn't exist anymore. That house. I mean, is it a huge house? <laughs> well, didn't it burn down? Anyway? Well, it could yeah. be their new house. Here's the wild part, and I have a picture for this too. One day, Jenny, the mom, found a letter in the mail addressed to her, postmarked in Central City, Kentucky, with no return address. Inside was inside. <laughs> inside was a picture of a man around thirty years old with features that strongly resembled one of the children, Lewis, who would have been in his thirties if he survived. On the back was written, "Lewis Sauter, I love brother Frankie. Ill will boys a nine zero one three two or three five. Wait, let me see that. That sounds like gibberish. I love brother. Lil Lil Boys? Ill Lil with I. Ill Lil Boys. What does all that mean? Who knows? The family... This is the wildest part. Are you ready? I'm ready. The family hired another private investigator to go to Central City, but he never reported back, and they were never able to locate him. Oh. The picture, nonetheless, gave them hope that the children were still alive. My sources are Wikipedia, Web Sleuths, and The Charlie Project. Damn. I think if something like that happened, I would just hold on to my children that's still alive somewhere. Yeah, same. Let me show you this picture. Please. Oh, I, I went over it on the land before time thing. <laughs> I have to go back. Okay. <laughs> so this is the son, Lewis. Oh. This is the picture of the I Love Brother Frankie. Yeah. So they they Those really do look very similar. Very similar, yeah. We'll post these pictures on our Instagram. That's crazy. Yeah. What is it? Ill little boys. Ill little boys. Ill little boys. Yeah, I don't. I think he. <laughs> okay, this is what someone on Web Sleuth was thinking. Okay. They were thinking. Lewis Sauter, his name. I love brother Frankie. Yeah, his brother Frankie. Ill little boys, they think, was trying to say little boys, like he has children. And then they thought that the numbers were a social security number, perhaps? I don't know what social security numbers looked like in the 40s, but mine does not look like that. That's true. Can I say something? I don't know if it's uh, illegal. What? The middle two numbers of my social security number are 69. And the first two are 420. Just kidding. I'm not giving away that information. 420, 69, 69, L- 69. Yeah, 69. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my story. And you're sticking to it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, good job. Thanks. Happy birth month. <gasps> Thank you. We will post 
the pictures on our Instagram, also the Land Before Time meme. <laughs> Sorry, we were Land very... Before what? <laughs> very uh inebriated during this <laughs> this episode <laughs> we'll see you guys in two days for a bonus episode follow us on social media we're unholy gossip girls on facebook and instagram at girls unholy on twitter and email us what you think happened to the soldered children i'd be tweeting at <laughs> unholy gossip girls at gmail.com also, check out our merch. Yeah. I haven't said that in a while. If you want a bracelet that says good for her, just tweet at me and I'll mail you one. Aw, that's sweet. Just tweet at me. Please tweet at me. Tweet at me. Tweet Sorry. at me. Tweet at Faye. Okay, well, we'll see you in a couple days. Bye. Bye. Bye.